0: Blau, 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 music plays and stuff things happening blau, 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 blau. enemy power up detected
1: this is incoming missile a Mikro online podcast Alright Warriors. welcome to today's episode. This is Cosent Indigo uh, and today Captain Cat and I will be bringing you some of our key takeaways from MechCon 2018. Uh, hopefully you had the chance to either attend, uh, for those lucky few, uh, or to watch it on stream the way that we did. Uh, but either way, it seemed like an amazing event, uh, full of some awesome people. I mean someone even got married there, uh, which was pretty awesome. Uh, what we wanted to do today was to touch on some of the key points from Metcon this year uh, and to talk a little bit about what it might mean for the game uh, and for MechWarrior in general moving forward. This episode will be part one uh, in two episodes that we're going to bring you on the event. In uh, the second one, we're going to focus exclusively on the world champs, on the finals. In particular, we're going to look at a breakdown of the tournament overall, the games over the two days, uh, including uh, Keyboard Gate, and maybe have a look at what comp should look like for next year uh, at MetCon 2019. Now, what we do cover today uh, are the presentations that PGI gave uh, and what they might mean. And that does include, you know, really the lack of content this year and what that specifically might mean. Uh, we do talk about MechWario 5 Mercenaries uh, and our impressions of that title that PGI uh, announced will be released in September next year. And yeah, of course, we have you know, a laugh about some of the other stuff that happened as well. Uh, we did want to point out that we won't be covering or giving a breakdown um, of the new PGI original mech that was announced, the Corsair, uh, or the holiday bonus that they announced either. There are a lot of fantastic content creators that will cover and give a breakdown of those two things. So I uh, would encourage you to check out um, someone like Kanijashi, uh and uh, his Should You Buy. Um, I'm sure that'll be out there. In fact, if that is out there by the time uh, we release that, we will chuck a link in the show notes uh, so that you can check out his breakdown uh, of that meet. Generally speaking, we did think that the event was pretty fantastic. Uh, as we discuss in the episode, uh, You know, we understand that some people's main takeaway will be what wasn't there uh, rather than what was. Uh, but we do talk uh, and try and break down why we think that might be the case you know, we do think the PGI did a pretty good job. Uh and you know, there was a focus, I think, on involving uh the community, not just the McGora community, but the battletech community, uh, and bringing in uh content creators and streamers, uh, and people that may that uh you know we may want to see. Uh, we do single out um Phil and Darren, because uh, I think, you know, I think they did a pretty powerful job uh in keeping every everything going and, and really kind of drawing you in. Uh, and giving you a chance to uh, meet and talk to some of those content creators and streamers uh, and the people that you have seen before. So that's about us. Uh, We hope you do enjoy the episode that is coming up. Uh, As always, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at IncomingP and make sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast platform. Uh, Hit the notifications bell uh, on YouTube and uh, for your podcast so that you don't miss when they are released. Just a reminder uh, that we do release uh, roughly every fortnight. So um, yeah, do uh, keep an eye out there for the end of the week, uh, every other week. Now, if you would like to support us in more uh, tangible ways, we want to make a bid for going to Metcon 2019 from all the way over here in New Zealand. Uh, so if you did want to help us with that, uh, then do check out our, our Patreon page uh, at Incoming Missile there and uh, help us to get the ball rolling. And also uh, don't forget to check out Nerdy Absurdity on SoundCloud. He's the guy that uh, helped us with our intro music, producer of some fantastic beats. So uh, we'll leave the link for his SoundCloud account in the show notes, and we would encourage you to get along and have a look at him as well. Right, that is enough from me. I've just worked out that I might have to redo this intro because I think my keyboard's not working.
0: Alright MechWarriors, welcome back. I'm here with Cozen Indigo and we're discussing the developments at MechCon. And like we said up front, I mean, pretty sparse this year in terms of announcements for MechWarrior Online.
1: Yeah, pretty sparse in regards to MechWarrior related content. I, um, look, overall I thought it was excellent, it was really good viewing. Uh, you know, we'll probably cover a, a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, I mean a little bit light on the MechWarrior specific stuff.
0: Yeah, I guess um, PGI choosing to divert a bunch of their resources over into MechWarrior Five and and making sure that's as as good a product as they can put out. I mean, potentially thinking that the future success of the studio hinges more on the success of that product than anything else.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we tackle that topic to begin with, you know, there's already stuff on Reddit and there's already um stuff on the forums. I guess about the lack of content. But um, oh look, it's it's got to be man. They've got to be sending or putting uh, most of their resource into making sure that MechWarrior 5 uh, is what it needs to be. Uh, you know, what are we talking, 10 months um, that they've committed to in regards to releasing that in September 2019?
0: So Yeah, just a bit over yet.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you'd have to think that the the lack of kind of uh, major commitments to MechWarrior Online is, you know, less we don't want to do stuff with MechWarrior Online and more, you know, there's lots that we need to do with uh, MechWarrior 5.
0: Yeah. I, I know that um we had discussed before uh, MechCon the possibility of an, an announcement or a teaser trailer, at least, for MechWarrior Online 2, which I'd actually been expecting, I'd go as far as to say. I'd been predicting that. Um, so I was quite disappointed that that didn't eventuate. Well, I hyped it up in my mind. And, uh, well, Russ did mention that, the, you know, the license is in question there.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: Explain a little bit about how that works,
1: man. I mean, I'm you know I'm just one of these guys that comes to play the game. I you know don't mm. necessarily um, understand uh, exactly how that might work. He talked about um, right. talking to Microsoft about Xbox and the console crossover, of course, but the licensing side—how does that pan out?
0: Yeah, so obviously BattleTech and Catalyst Game Labs developed uh, the you know underlying infrastructure and lore and things like that for for the BattleTech universe. And then at some point, Microsoft acquired the IP to create MechWarrior games, and created a bunch of content, and they own that IP. And so anyone that wants to make MechWarrior-related stuff has to have a license from Microsoft to do that, which PGI acquired before developing MechWarrior Online, and then they gained a an extension to they gained an extension to the license um, until twenty twenty is what I've read. I don't know, you know, obviously I'm not privy to the conversations that PGI and, and Microsoft are having, but that's, that's what I've read online, is that they have the license still sometime in 2020, and um, that's the, the window they have for creating new games, basically. So that's when they have to get MechWarrior 5 out, MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, to, for it, you know, to, to have a legitimate license to put out that game.
1: Sort of makes sense that um, if the focus is on MechWarrior 5 That um, you know, they don't necessarily want to bite off uh, MechWarrior Online 2 Because when that would be delivered Might be post the period that their license runs out So they need to make sure they get a new one Before they <laughs> can commit to the, to the next version of MechWarrior Online
0: Yeah, well, and Russ mentioned that I think he said on Wednesday He was going to be down at Microsoft in Seattle And talking to them so hopefully the first item on their agenda is 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 that license, and you know, and because they have to also show to Microsoft, you know, that they're taking good care of that IP, that they're not just you know, squandering it and throwing it away, that they're treating it right. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, I mean, I guess we can we can take from that that PGI and Russ consider that any development of MechWarrior Online two would fall outside of that 2020 window.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense in the context of MechWarrior 5, you know, 2020 isn't that far away. Uh, and of course, what we would probably want MechWarrior 2 to look like, um, you know, you'd want them to do the, um, the right amount of work in, um, you know, making those changes. And I can only assume uh, it would mean a change of engine, which is probably a major piece of work as well, right?
0: Oh, of course. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, they've got a lot of the underlying infrastructure there. So they're, you know, there's halfway there. And I think... We've spoken about it before. I think PGO would be stupid if they're not already planning now how are they going to, you know, create content in Micro 5 in such a way that it can be also utilized in the future. Yeah, at least at least, you know, putting those as uh, sort of mechanical hooks into the code and things like that so they can be like, yep, we want to grab these bits of code to use in Micro Online 2, whatever it may be, and, and planning for the future. And that's really where I was a bit disappointed to not see some sort of um, hype, even if it was just, I you know, all I was expecting was a trailer with, you know, a molten glowing logo with MechWarrior Online 2 or something like that. You know, like a 15 second video just to be, get people going, yeah, what is that? Like, When is it? When are we going to get this thing? How does it look?
1: I mean, isn't that the risk though, Kat, that if you, you know, if you create that hype, you're committing yourself to it? I mean, you know, is is there the worry that even though it seems obvious that they're prepping for the synergy and, and the kind of shared assets and, you know, MechWarrior 5 and, uh, you know, MechWarrior Online 2, you know, being able to kind of work as a team together. I mean, if you commit to it now, who knows what's happening mm. with the licensing and all that kind of stuff, or, you know, maybe even MechWarrior Online 2 will depend on the success of MechWarrior 5.
0: Yeah, and I think that that if if the fact that they wouldn't have a license is in question at all, then it doesn't make a heap of sense for them to say, yes, we are definitely doing this thing. Yeah. However, that being said, I think the MechWarrior community is starting to lose, and I mean, the, there's a bit of a groundswell in opinion towards people who are sort of losing confidence in the product, and and I think that that would inject, you know, to, to know that there was a future for this game would obviously <laughs> might keep people playing a bit longer. To be like, well, this isn't a waste of my time to be playing this game. There is, if you know, there's gonna be more in the future someday.
1: Like, like I partially agree with that I mean, I I think. People may want a future to MechWarrior Online. I mean, the fact that there's going to be, you know, mercenaries is an indication that there is a future, at least for the concept uh, and the franchise. It would be interesting to see whether the the lack of content around MechWarrior Online is just purely related to the fact that they've got this 10 month window that they need to deliver. Uh, They may be banking on this game, you know, for more reasons than just financial. As I said, it might be the, you know, the the thing that they want to drive, the next version of MechWarrior Online and lots of things. So, yeah, be interesting to see even if people are, you know, maybe losing faith, maybe they're missing the point that, that MechWarrior uh, Mercenaries is, you know, in the future and something that um, is going to keep the, the franchise grow.
0: Potentially. I mean, potentially they're missing the point or potentially they want to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. You know, they, They want to know that, you know, MechWarrior 5 is going to be a good product. It's not going to be Fallout 76 or No Man's Sky and, you know, come out uh, undercooked, which I think, you know, from what we've seen, it's, you know, you never know how much of the game or what sliver of the game you're allowed to see in these things. But seeing what we saw at Metcon, I mean, we can talk about this more, but seeing what, what we saw at Metcon and then knowing that there's another, you know, almost a year of development to that's gonna go into that game before it's they consider it done is for me gratifying to know that they're, you know, committed to putting out a, a good quality product. I just in saying that, I don't wanna see MechWarrior online go under while they're got their backs to it.
1: Yeah. I mean I think a lot of people are worried about that and you know and again
0: it's it's probably
1: potentially too early to read Motives, you know, from the fact that they are putting so much effort into MechWarrior 5. I think it's something that we probably just have to trust to the studio, very much want MechWarrior Online to also be successful. I mean, truth be told, in the greater scheme of things, uh, around wanting the cake and eat it too, that would actually be best for PGI as well. If uh, Me- if Mercenaries are successful and MechWarrior Online continues to be successful, they would both grow each other. You know what I mean? There's going to be a Venn diagram of players that want the PvP. Um, That you get through MechWarrior Online Others that like the You know PVE And the story based stuff and the heavy mod um, Stuff that could happen Through mercenaries Uh, And then there's going to be probably a lot of people that will Crossover and and want to do Both so best possible scenario For PGI if both are successful So I mean I don't see a lot of motivation And a lot of reason to Not give MechWarrior the love uh, MechWarrior Online the love that it needs but I just think they, you know, they're probably just don't of the resource at the moment. I think it's probably all going in the other way.
0: And I, I, I hope that PGI sees it as clearly as you do, that they, you know, that <laughs> of course they do. Well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of talk when um, BattleTech came out that it would be a, a nail in the coffin for MechWarrior Online because it's the same group of people that want to play both games. But actually, when BattleTech came out, we saw the greatest bump in player numbers that we've seen in recent times. Yeah, And I hope exactly. that PGI realised That MechWarrior Online is not a threat To
1: MechWarrior 5 Yeah I mean I think if they were wanting to Phase one out and then phase the other In I think you'd see a different approach I think the phasing out Would have happened you know Far far earlier than, than now You know the 10 month window That they've got before misery comes out You know there's no way that you're going to phase one game Out and end the other one in They'll want to retain all of the players of course But yeah I mean it's like the battle tick, the battle tech effect that you just talked about—that that's exactly what they should bank on for um, mercenaries in in MechWarrior Online. It's certainly, what I'm hoping for. I mean, it would be remiss if they weren't thinking about that kind of stuff. I'm I'm sure they are, man. It would make it would make no sense if they weren't.
0: Well, I mean, the, the discussion around MechWarrior Online two, or you know, whatever it ends up being, whether it's just MechWarrior Online still, <laughs> and and it has a new engine. There's a big question around that. And that is, you know, if there is a a period where, you know, MechWarrior Online ceases to be and MechWarrior Online 2 comes along, and especially if there's some major feature changes that make them a similar but not identical game, how does that look when I, you know, with my 300 mechs in my lab go from MechWarrior Online to MechWarrior Online 2? Do I get to keep everything that I've earned and worked for and bought with real money or would PGI be foolish on the other hand to do that because you know I've bought all that content already you know are they going to just try and sell me 300 more mechs so I've got 600 (laughs) you know the 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 enthusiasm for gaining mechs is much stronger at the outset when you just got one you know and now I want my second one now yeah there's a lot more I don't know a lot more pocket to mine (laughs) if you if you take back people to square one I mean it sounds really cynical but from a from an operations point of view it makes a lot more sense to start people back from scratch and get them to earn all that stuff all over again
1: yeah look I I think it would be too big a risk I don't think that juice would be worth the squeeze the community as such I think that it is quite small quite dedicated and I, I think PGI do quite a bit to look after that community I mean I think it would just be too much of an uproar uh, to, to basically erase a lot of the progress um, that people have made Even if one mech gets reduced in its effectiveness If, if, if nerfs get applied to something You know, people are pretty upset about it I mean, we've talked previously about the emotional connection people have To their mechs and their um, what they've collected So hopefully it would be technically feasible I'm not sure, obviously, how that side of the world would work But, uh, you know, I think they would have to They'd, they'd have to port your progress Um, somehow
0: i mean it's not this isn't the first time in the history of gaming where a version one game with a lot of grinding has died and a version two game has come along and replaced Mm -hmm. it and you start fresh i mean we've got to think about the timeline as well what if MechWarrior online at some point in the next year say player numbers get to the point where it's unsustainable to you know because the let's say the wait times take too long you know it just takes too long to find a game when you're searching and that sort of snowballs there's just not enough people playing okay guys we're going to take the server down and then two years from that point macro online two is ready to go at that point would you be prepared to grind all those mechs out again
1: yeah that's fair that's a fair point i mean if people were faced with this situation there's probably a lot of people that would say yes um you know depending on what New experience and, and how the game differs. So yeah, look, like I I think it's a really fair point. I guess we will just have to wait and see. I um I hope as a community member, um you know that uh, some of the kind of two hundred and fifty that I've got and the three hundred that you've got, and, yeah yeah. You know, for others with you know five hundred plus or whatever, sunk cost fallacy.
0: Um, that's the thing. Yeah. Humans are so loss averse. The idea of losing all that work that I've done is a, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's really why I was really hoping for some sort of announcement. At this MetCon, That there was Something in the pipeline there Because I thought You know To me that indicates That that isn't Going to be the trajectory You know Definitively That isn't the trajectory That MechWare Online Is going to take And and you know There's other options yeah. Apart from those two You know The ones that You know The players Don't die off And, and various other things Yeah man
1: it's a, it's a fair point I mean I guess probably The only thing That I'd say is that I think people would love that assurance. Um, that, that the game that we love to play uh, is going to stick around and it's going to be on the constant improve. And there's going to be reasons for BG to want to do that. I mean, I think the lack of announcement is less because they already think that it's going to go down that path. You said I think it's just more about MechWarrior Five is the focus at the moment. I don't think they've got the um resource to commit um to you know committing you know MechWarrior Online Two. Um, and, you know, it's better to say nothing, I think, in these situations. And, yeah, I mean, there'll be conjecture. That's what we're doing at the moment, a bit of conjecture. But um, I guess we will probably have to wait and see how MechWarrior 5 pans out. And, hey, Metcon, uh 2019, that might be where you're getting that exact announcement that you're hoping for.
0: Yeah, or even before. We don't have to wait to MechCon to make an announcement like that. You can, you know, six months down the track when uh micro five is well in its bed you know just a, all those finessing things to do you can you know start working on a trailer for mequire online Two. maybe the license gets sorted out early i think yeah i think that it will there's benefits beyond just my peace of mind for for knowing that there's something in the pipeline people will keep yeah. playing the game for longer i think if 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 they know it's got a future.
1: And look, I think it's important to keep in mind that um you know there'll probably be a lot of conjecture and, and salt out there around that, and the salt or you know people worrying about the lack of announcements does reflect that people love the game. You know they, they want it to continue, they want it to continue improvement So yeah, if you're jumping on Reddit and see a salty thread, don't get too disappointed. Just remember that <laughs> you know that um, people are being salty because they love the game even if it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> I'm laughing
0: because it, it's it's just making me remember that <laughs> that abortive announcement thing where they got, you know, Russ and, and, and Chris on stage and Paul. And then, and then Russ is like, okay, Paul, let's tell, tell the crowd what's next for Fiction yeah. Play. And Paul's like, I'm oh. so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to make a list, but I forgot. I mean... <laughs> I mean, that isn't going to fill people with confidence. <laughs> I, to be honest, I felt sorry for Paul because I could tell he generally was really, really tired. And I can understand that, you know, he was pushing it to the wire to get everything done in time for Metcon. But I mean, so someone really dropped the ball there. I mean, even if Paul should have probably passed it to someone <laughs> to give it that job to someone else, delegate that and just pass him the list. People were joking about
1: the fact that... Um you know the catalyst guys and the hair scheme guys were up there and they're presenting with all this enthusiasm and passion but none of those guys were holding a screwdriver probably at 3 30 a.m in the morning prior to um prior to metcon that day so yeah i mean probably probably worth cutting paul a little bit of a, a little bit of slack if he was putting all of that time into getting the super superports up and running but yeah it's um again maybe that Lack of prep, you know, even a presentation or some talking notes Again, maybe that's an example of the way that um, The gravity that MechWarrior 5 might have at the moment And just sucking up all the resource Uh, Obviously Metcon itself certainly had a bit of gravity And sucked up a bit of the resource, uh, particularly at Paul's time So,
0: Yeah, and and like I said, I'm inclined to feel sorry for Paul there Because it's obvious, you know, he was really busy But we needed that I think we needed one Thing like if, if all we were going to get for MechWarrior Online was the announcement of faction play developments that we already know about then that should have been there
1: Yeah maybe maybe I mean I just you know I get an impression that it would have it would have been hard to hit that sweet spot if that announced just one thing even if the faction play uh, stuff was comprehensive you know there probably would have been people saying okay we want to know but you've told us about faction play but what else is happening you know what I mean? Sometimes it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. You're very forgiving.
0: Yeah. You're very forgiving. Yeah. I
1: just, look, I I got the impression um, from this Metcon that there was a lot happening behind the scenes. Um, you know, obviously I, I've said it about a hundred times, but I think MechWarrior 5 was probably soaking up um, a lot. And like I said from the outset, I, like I, it was a good Metcon, I think. You know, I, I think a lot of us were looking at the Twitch stream longingly and wishing that we were there to kind of enjoy the fun. You know, it seemed like there was a good spirit there and the larger venue and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, whilst the announcements uh, weren't perhaps what we hoped, at least it was reflected that the effort they'd put into making Metcon special for the people that were there and even the people watching, you know what I mean? The um, I think the stream was, was uh, much better this year. The mods were good. Yeah, I, I think it was at least a reflection that they'd work, the work they'd put into making Metcon good uh, was there. I was really glad that they
0: reneged on that they hadn't oh, you probably went you probably didn't see it but they had an early decision where um some mod was like oh there's too much spam in the chat because people were going nuts there was like a thousand people in the twitch stream and it was you know the chat was just going Brrr. you couldn't even hardly read it yeah. mods were like it's too much people were mostly just supporting the team that they wanted to support people were like it's too much spam putting it in slow mode, which is when you can only write a message every two minutes. Mm. And I was like, no, guys, you got it. You just kill it. It's like Darren's up there every five minutes going, come on, guys, make some noise. And the internet's going nuts. But the mods are like, no, nah, kill that. And so I was really glad that, you know, they, they rolled back that decision fairly promptly. And um, there wasn't another meme created there. Um, and we were all able to support our team's yeah, and look, I think the the fact that the spam wasn't
1: too too bad, the copy wasn't, the copy pasta didn't kind of derail um, the chat this year. I think was probably a good sign uh, that uh, that you know it was being watched and viewed in pretty good spirits.
0: And I mean, the mods do a valuable job. Thank you to the mods. Like, you know, there's plenty of awful stuff that does end up in the chat that does need to be just killed straight away. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, we you, we want to tread that fine line between people who are out there to you know hurt people's feelings or something, and other people who are just there to have a you know a fantastic time, and it's the buzz of the event. So I think that's that's a good thing. Yeah,
1: I mean, and, and you know, if you can't be there, you're trying as much vicariously as you can, I guess, to to get the buzz through chat um, as well as what you're seeing there. So you know, yeah, it is a tricky job, and and big ups to all the um, mods. Um, it was nice to see um, streamers. Uh, taking over some some mod roles and stuff like that because yeah i thought they were pretty good you know they were talking to their fan base they were talking to other people that they knew were fans so um i thought they did a a pretty good job there i know um they might have had a problem with the giveaways though because they seem to be going to the same people every time and the piranha games um rigged <laughs> yeah piranha games won about 10 prizes
0: so yeah I don't <laughs> <laughs> the plot wasn't working well. It's a complicated system. And <laughs> you would have been really disappointed because they talked about uh sort of some indirect nerfs for LRMs.
1: Yeah, well my um LRM Atlas is potentially not looking as um as strong <laughs> as it uh, normally is. But uh yeah, I mean there was a few there was a few touches on um, you know, some potential uh balance changes in the, you know, trajectory and, and line of sight around LRMs was one. Crowd pleasers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, the thing that um, the biggest takeaway from me from that presentation was the idea of uh, an increased attempt to um, communicate with the community. You know, they obviously called out Ash by name, given that faction play was the thing that they're going to work on next. But I really, and obviously we've advocated for it, we recommended it in our balance document, that PGO really do need to focus on communicating with the community, getting the good stuff and the wisdom that exists there And incorporating that in um, So yeah obviously they're, they're looking to start That with faction play really interested to see You know how it might pan out um, Around some of the other stuff so yeah I'm looking forward maybe to an email or two from Chris Just you know kind of asking our opinions It's going to be awesome
0: <laughs> I mean you mentioned before the hairbrain scheme guys being up on stage um, And I, I got to give props to them Because you know although they may have been well Rested and low, low stress They did out a bit of dlc so i mean they at least have a reason to have lost some sleep (laughs) in the in recent times but they and they did it last year as well they're dynamos on stage they're really charismatic guys and they they get everyone on side basically they're quirky they're still odd you know (laughs) they're like you know like all of us i think (laughs) We're, we're all like nerds who love this game but they they do pull everyone in they get everyone invested in in the games that they play and i really feel like pgi Needs a dynamic spokesperson Like that and I don't know if, who from their Ranks might be able to fill that role Yeah I'd love to see that from PGI to have Someone up there on stage who can really Pull people in. Yeah
1: and it's Tricky I think from a PGI perspective because um, With hair brand schemes And with Catalyst you've got people that You know own or direct the Company and direct the studios um, And yeah you know they're, they're lucky enough To be charismatic and, and do it in a way That's you know affable and you know all of the other mech nerds, you know, really enjoy um, the passion that they show for the, the product and the, and the history. Um, for PGI, um, you know, you've got Russ and you've got uh, Paul and Chris as well that fronted the conversations today. Um, and of course, yeah, say for Paul and for Chris, um, their talents obviously lie in other areas. You know, not everyone can be that kind of charismatic um, on stage presence. And yeah, obviously for us, he's, he's a bit of a quirky personality as well. So it would mean for PGI that they would almost need to cede that um to someone else. And whilst you get um Phil and Darren, who I you know, I think that they're fantastic and and again charismatic, you know, particularly Darren's charismatic in that kind of um, hipster bikey way um that everyone loves. You I
0: know. think I think Phil did a really great job this year.
1: Oh, he did an amazing job. You know, it must be super tough um walking around and and you know, Doing the interviews and stuff like that and so often Phil would have to carry Stuff you know what I mean he has to drive the direction and All that so yeah I mean Darren and Phil Did a great job they're really charismatic I, I enjoy what they do. doing I think that they're good at it But you can't have those guys up on stage Answering the questions you know what I mean when you're getting You know those those tough things So you know PGI are a little bit different I think they're probably a little bit bigger as well You know they're a bigger structure um, mm. Whereas you've got the smaller units of of um, mm. Hairbrained and Catalyst Um and they've got those personalities. They're probably just lucky to have those personalities. Um, so, yeah, again, I, I know I'm sounding a little bit more forgiving, but, yeah, as I said, obviously for Chris, obviously for Paul, and for us, their talents are in a different area. You know, they, they can't necessarily get up on the stage and, and be as uh, dynamic as the others, but they're also in a tricky position that um, how do you then hand over and, and let someone else be the voice of the company, if you know what I mean.
0: And, I mean, I, I think that the the key problem with the idea of, of Phil and Darren who. Uh, um, Bombadil potentially taking over that role is that they're, they're just not authorized to say what they think Or say what they know about certain things that have to pass it through someone else to be like Can I say this or not?
1: Yeah man it would be unfair for the MA to be put in that position And as I said they um, they have roles and I think they do those roles pretty goddamn well I mean it's, it's hard not to like Darren man he's you know as I said he, he's always so positive and you know, he's just yeah, he's that old school rocking uncle. You know what I mean? That you just want to yeah. go around and hang hang at his house. I mean, that was the if I went to Metcon.
0: Don't know if he'll ever talk again.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's gonna be patient zero this year, I think. Hey, everyone's gonna be getting sick because of Darren <laughs> and handing the mics over. Jeez.
0: Oh man, I felt so sorry for him. And his voice, God, I just felt like telling him to sit down and stop talking. <laughs> just added to that rocker image. It's yeah, like he'd been performing <laughs> on stage for the last seven weeks. <laughs> but, yeah. One thing that I Do like to see from this MechCon that is kind of you know at least tangentially related to what we've been talking about is all the cross-pollination that we're seeing happening now between BattleTech tabletop game, BattleTech the computer game MechWarrior, MechWarrior 5. You know we've got the the tabletop guys writing the lore for the MechWarrior mechs which are going to be in MechWarrior 5 as well. We've got you know the mechs coming through from you know being ported through from the tabletop. Through the lens of MechWarrior Online and into Battletech There's just a lot of, you know, sort of A lot of the heavy lifting is, is you know I mean, it's almost being delegated to It's a partnership,
1: if you, know, if you know what I mean They can just rely on those other guys To add content to the universe that they can then borrow um, And everyone can, can benefit from
0: it Yeah, like the team's more than the sum of its parts, you know Together we're, we're more than the sum of our parts It's, uh, it's really nice to see and, and I think it makes all of the
1: experiences better, you know what I mean? The fact that um, that they can cross-pollinate and that they can um, share content. Obviously, they're also sharing promotion and, and marketing, you know what I mean? If you're into one, then you are more likely to be into the other, even though you might have your favourite. But to to have those three different um, and unique experiences of the same universe is pretty cool and, and pretty unique. I mean, there's probably some other games and franchises that um, have that same thing, but... Uh, you know, MechWarrior and um, the Battletech universe is pretty special, I think, for um, having those guys there. And the more it happens, I think, the better for,
0: for everyone. Yeah, for sure. And it, it, PGI talked about in their Q&A we've got a lot of stuff can be brought across to MechWarrior 5 as well. So, I mean, that's making their job easier to be able to bring things across. But that, as a counterpoint, it's going to be a lot more difficult to bring things back from MechWarrior 5, you know, the development of MechWarrior 5 into MechWarrior Online. Let's talk about MechWarrior 5 then We, uh, you know, our stated aim is to be a MechWarrior Online podcast But you excited to give MechWarrior 5 a go? Yeah,
1: absolutely I mean, and I'm a filthy scrub in that I've never played any of the previous MechWarrior titles I mean, as I've said um, before, MechWarrior Online is the, is the first one and I really like it And um, that will lead for me, um, giving uh, MechWarrior 5 a go But oh, it looks beautiful you know, I really um, enjoyed the demo, excited about seeing the um, the mix and giving it a go. So, yeah, and, you know, I, I like story mode games. You know, I'll um, really enjoy the um, opportunity to play those big stompy robots, but, um, yeah, work
0: towards something. For me as well, I'm really interested to give it a go. I mean, we both played Battletech, so you've at least got that as well.
1: Very true, very true. And, um, yeah, obviously, my online led me to Battletech. So there is, yeah, for a consumer like me, um, you know, that just supports the fact that, um know these other related franchises and game modes can um, can bring into these uh, these other games and yeah I um I think MechWarrior 5 will be a similar experience
0: but a different experience and that's what I'm kind of looking forward to testing out the same way that Battletech was the idea of playing with your mates is, is kind of appealing as well even if it has to be versus AI yeah I think it's
1: got a huge appeal I mean as long as they do a good job with the AI and they talked a little bit about that didn't they about you know putting some more work into it if they can make That AI on point And um, challenging Playing with your friends Doing anything is awesome But if you can play Your favourite game um, And and have a good Challenging experience That's Yeah it's going to be A real winner I mean particularly When you start to open it up To modding You know And if community If the community Can start to create AI And story stuff That you can then go in And play with your mates That's going to be awesome
0: Yeah And we've seen it from BattleTech Which only has sort of Limited modding support In a way that you know they've got whole new story arcs and mechs and weapons and you know whole different rule sets to the way that you play the game or the rogue tech and, and the like you know that that just gives you a glimpse of the kind of thing that we could see for MechWarrior warrior 5 you know basically the content for the game starts running itself
1: yeah sure does i mean um if you can uh have the community involved at that level uh you know you're going to increase the passion for it you're going to Increase the passion for the franchise, I think, as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I um, I enjoyed the demo and um, you know, the kick-ass-looking King Crab and, <laughs> and all of those things. So yeah, that should be good.
0: I think one thing that we didn't see in the demo was was any kind of melee, which is obviously something that's big in BattleTech, like the D.F.A.s and the you know the punches in the face type stuff yeah. that's that's missing from Equary Online because. I mean, I totally understand that it's you know, if I'm playing on a two hundred millisecond ping from New Zealand to a server and wherever um, or, or more, that when I punch that guy, he's from zero meters, he's going to be long gone from his perspective. So it's going to be frustrating to get his cockpit punched out when he's you know fifty meters away from me. You know, I mean that, that there's less of an argument for that when it, when you're playing versus AI.
1: Yeah, I hope we see it. I think it would be a um a pretty awesome um experience. There was a lot of um hype about the hatchet man and um just about the hatchet itself yeah yeah um, you know so you can see how people just kind of love that almost visceral you know robot versus robot experience so yeah i'm, I'm hoping it's there in mech 5 because yeah i think that'll be a ton of fun
0: you know it gives you if nothing else it gives you something to do when all your weapons have been blown off right you can, <laughs> yeah. you can still punch people in the face <laughs> yeah, good on her schemes for making some of their own content as well right? I don't know if they got Alex involved, but it it does look like it fits in with the canon. you know, it fits in with the other mechs. I mean, I I like to think that they maybe, you know, pass it under Alex's nose because he's, you know, God in my eyes, he's a a real guru for this game. Yeah, I mean, and we talked about the Corsair and just how how, how they just seem to have nailed
1: another kind of design brief. I mean, if um, Alex wasn't involved directly, you would think that the artists working for Battletech take the inspiration from Alex, I guess, like a lot of um, budding designers would. Uh, with the stuff that he does so yeah I mean his his influence probably um, expands beyond you know maybe Direct involvement uh, but he's probably really helped redefine the, the Battletech universe through His artwork so you know he's, he's had that effect at least but yeah we talked about the fact that um This cross-pollination happens and that, that these uh, different companies can all contribute to the Universe and yeah Battletech creating that that uh, mech and then you know, we might then see that in MechWarrior Five or something like that. I mean, that's just awesome for everyone. I think.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Alex should be really proud of the body of work that he's created, and and like you said, he's really redefined the look of of what MechWarrior and BattleTech is. I mean, we even saw I don't know if you're watching the stream at the time, but the Catalyst Game Labs, you know, models that they're putting out are much more in line with what we see in MechWarrior Online. So, you know, basically, he's. From off his back and inspired by the original source material, of course But, you know, a lot of it has come from Alex That this is what MechWarrior looks like now He should be really proud of that
1: Yeah, I mean, particularly given that it's undoubtedly one of the strongest elements of the game You know, the, the, the art, the modelling, um, the design, is, the aesthetic is amazing So, yeah, I mean, he obviously has to take a fair amount of credit For kind of helping define uh, the style and the way that stuff looks
0: Back on MechWarrior 5 um content or announcements, there was they talked about that um where you are and, and what year it is will dictate what happens in the game, you know, what kind of conflicts are happening and what kind of mechs are available and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, potentially if you're in some part of the galaxy they'll have, you know, a hunchback available or to use and and and, and likewise somewhere else you'll get different different kinds of mechs. Which I think is yet another indication that PGI are cross-pollinating from the success of Battletech because that is something that they really nailed to show a MechWarrior game with a story that, you know, operates out of the... It, so it has a verisimilitude that it takes place within an active galaxy of, and, and, you know, planets with, you know, various competing factions and that sort of thing. And that's really, you know, something that's quite missing from MechWarrior Online is this, you know, who am I and, and why am I here and what am I doing kind of thing
1: yeah I think you've hit the nail there man and, and Battletech I think they, they've they learned that lesson a little bit as well uh, about you know you can have a sandbox but uh, you need to get people engaged and you need to get people understanding why they're there and what they're working for Um, the story mode was really good but obviously a lot of people very quickly talked about set the, the fact that even though it was a sandbox it kind of needed to to work in a slightly different way so yeah I think I think you've nailed it man that they um that Pedro might have learned from um, battletech and uh, you know that uh, co-design and hopefully what we'll see in in MechWarrior 5 year is that ability to not only play the stompy robot but there is verisimilitude in the in the game you know you can understand where you are why you're there you know that if you are a lawhead uh, or a Grognad like yourself you know that you'll understand how the timeline is progressing and so where that might mean you need to be to access different things, and if they can, if they can have that layer of uh, depth, and if they can have that layer, as you said, of verisimilitude, it will make the game a completely different experience. You know, you the thing with games you need loops, you need uh, reasons for people to play, and and MechWarrior Online has that very upfront and honest and visceral reason, and that you want to beat someone else in a player versus player, but when it's player versus enemy, there has to be that narrative. There has to be that, um, yeah, that verisimilitude that brings you along and makes you feel as though you're part of
0: something. Yeah, I mean, they've spoken about um, Russ talked a big game about kind of having broken the back of of the AI, and I mean, but there's there's no doubt that you'll never be challenged by the AI in the same way that you would be by facing a cunning human opponent. Or maybe maybe I shouldn't say never. I mean, it is it is 2018 after all. Yeah. And, and that said, I'm not that much better than AI, so
1: <laughs> you know, facing me and MechWarrior, then you're, you're about par with uh, with uh, something from Captain Adams' training school. But yeah,
0: I mean, and, and another thing, I mean, it was really obvious, and they made it. I think that they they made a big deal about it. But being able to run through buildings and and, and squash tanks is, <laughs> is something that I'm really going to look forward to for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That um, it just just adds to that uh, stompy robot stuff,
0: eh? Where you can just bust through. I think the trailer was like five minutes of running through buildings. <laughs> <laughs> we made it, we made a joke while we were watching the stream that, you know, you're like, you're running through a building and you cut through, a, cut, cut a room in half and you see some guys sitting on the toilet, like what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm already seeing people criticizing the, the content of that trailer. And I, I mean, it's fair enough. It's fine to criticize. And, and the fact I noticed it too, that, when you run through a building, your mech doesn't slow down at all. I mean, there's there's like ten months of development to go in this game. Hopefully, that's the kind of thing that gets nobbled. Yeah, and um, you know, as
1: you said earlier, the uh, that extra time in development um, it makes you hopeful. Makes you hopeful that um, if it's looking like that now, we can see that kind of gameplay. That um, yeah, all of those things that add to the experience. Um, you know, that they've got the time to do that due diligence uh, and make sure that they develop a product. Um, that's that's pretty great, um, you know. We've there's obviously a lot of um, recent AAA titles that have kind of come out half finished at best, uh, and we certainly want wouldn't want that to happen with um with mercenaries.
0: Uh support vehicles, flying vehicles. Some of those are pretty cool. I like I like seeing you know the 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 weapon systems doing something other than what we see in micro Online. You know the the LRM's you know shooting a, a flying target was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool. Even the way they launched, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, they've uh, done a pretty good job with all that stuff. I think
0: there's still a lot to talk about. I mean, that you could talk about. I mean, I think that the the weapon effects looked really badass. I really like the you know the lasers, the destruction across the mech. You know, you see that cicada limping into the mech bay in the trailer with its legs sort of dangling, and it's all bullet holes across the. Um, across the cockpit glass and all that kind of stuff. A lot of stuff that you know we couldn't do in Crange and that we can now do. So in that uh PGI a there was a couple of other things that I'd like to pull out if we can. And that's um one of them was um that Chris talked about um how when they make some weapons changes and I always love getting this little get a little insight into the process and I wish we saw more of this stuff like you know, people like, why can't they just change the weapon value for something or other? And I mean, it, it, to be fair, in a lot of cases, that is is what you need to do, I think, to change a weapon is to change the weapon value. But they also need to, um, Chris mentioned, they also need to ensure that, you know, various different um, sort of interlocking parts of the game keep working when you change those things. Like, you know, if you change the quality of LRMs, that the hit detection still works well because it's like a different cog in the machine, he he, you know, he used the fa- phrase "not just flicking a switch." <laughs> I think a little bit of his uh, you know frustration maybe showing a little there. It's not as easy as it looks, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it was Paul that was saying that stuff, but um, I agree. I, and stuff like that is if they're going to start to communicate more with the community around balance, giving that perspective, I think, is crucial. I mean, we touched on it, of course, in our balance series about that. You know, to make any single change, there are these downstream things that will happen because of the change, and of course, there's all this work that might need to go into making the change. You know, a simple weapon value change again might require you know 20 uh, developer hours or 20 business hours because you've got artists and all this other stuff that might need to be involved. But yeah, if they opened the window or opened the pulled the curtain back a little bit more on some of that stuff, I agree. I think it would be an awesome way to to give some perspective, not only about what they have to do, but If the community are requesting change, they can then factor that into their thinking to say, Mm. you know, hey, we'd like this change. We understand that it would require this much effort. So we'll put that in perspective with the type of changes that we're requesting.
0: Yeah. And I think, honestly, I think 20 hours, you know, when you think that that might be several different people using those hours, I think that's actually a really conservative estimate. For some changes, sure, you can tweak a little value, you know, push it out and and that's it but i think in a lot of cases you're going to get you got to change the weapon values you got to you know check that your hit detection it all works and you know you might need to change the way that the animation works like for the missiles to come out the right way now that you've changed you know the velocity or changed the duration or, or whatever it might might actually affect you know your modeling team as well but then once you've done that then you know you need to put it into Uh, Play testing and you know somebody actually Needs to go in into the Game maybe even multiple people Need to go into the game and you know Equip the mech with that weapons and and then You know shoot them at each other and make sure it's Doing what you're supposed to be what it's supposed to be doing And maybe even if, if You're doing a really good thorough job of it You try and break it somehow by You know equipping 16 of them or whatever Yeah stress testing yeah You know try and find a way to make the System break this is Obviously dependent on the how far reaching the changes are maybe a change to how heat works in the game like we've seen recently would be an example of this where you know it's going to affect a whole bunch of stuff and it's not you know it's not something you can just change a number and put it out and like you know cross your fingers and and even if you do give it the, the um due diligence that it is it deserves it's it's um there's going to be stuff that slips through the cracks
1: Yeah, and, and you you know, we've talked about the difficulty in predicting all that downstream stuff, you know, and uh, particularly when you're doing it to a time limit, you know, particularly to a cost limit and all those kind of things. But, yeah, look, I think your point's a good one. Ultimately, it's a perspective, I think, that the community need uh, and kind of as we've advocated for, if PGI can take the lead in that, you know what I mean? If they were able to say, hey, look, even the simplest change is 100 hours or whatever, you know, they're going to be in the best position for the community to, at least take that on board, so yeah, it was uh, look I thought the the frustration was actually pretty good, pretty enlightening, you know that the uh, as simple as a s- statement might be like I'll oh, change the change the values,'ll we'll do this, you know the actual work that needs to go into make that happening is um, yeah, it's hard to hard to explain yeah, for sure
0: and a- another example of why we need to- that curtain pulled back just a little more mm. and so we can be a little bit more educated about how difficult these things are and another Example of of, of a PGI listening to the community About stuff like that is, is It was a che- bit of a cheeky question there from the audience Which was um, basically boiled down to Are you going to remove Escort? Yeah, they, they did set up a
1: hashtag I think That I've already seen on Reddit and all these other places Around the uh, hashtag remove Escort
0: <laughs> What's that hashtag? I just need it for uh, research <laughs> purposes
1: <laughs> Yeah, well look, I mean Russ was, was Pretty honest, you know, he said that they had um, considered And that they possibly kind of backed off um, doing it earlier You know, he talked about uh, even incursion uh, And the fact that they were going to make it uh, asymmetric And they, they went with a, a symmetric view um, And it just meant that people came to the middle and skirmished So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's a shame, I think uh, That uh, Escort maybe hasn't um, either been put on cooldown um, Until for, for longer you know, it got it was taken out for a little bit, but
0: yeah, I mean, not everything's
1: gonna hit. You know, hopefully they aren't scared to to pull the trigger on some of that stuff and and um, you know at least put it on hold uh, until it's doing what they want it to do. But no one likes escort man. Unfazed talked <laughs> talked about um, being in games where he's actively agreed to keep killing the the VIP. So you know, if unfazed is uh, he's he's pretty straight up. So. You know, if he's admitting to it, you know that it does happen. So yeah, I, I think they should pull the trigger
0: on that one. It's a great, great opportunity to throw the community a bone, really. If they, market, if, they, if they spin it the right way, to be able to say, look, again, i I'm repeating myself from a previous podcast, but to say, we've heard you, removing escort, effective immediately, thank you for your feedback. It's a great way to carry a lot of favor with the community. Yeah,
1: I mean, if they're not going to make the timber off great again, then uh, maybe yeah. second, well, second best would be removed. Oh, yeah. It's on the train. It's on the roadmap.
0: They haven't got to it yet, man. We only spoke about it in a podcast like a couple of weeks <laughs> ago. You know how long these things take? There's a lot more to it than you'd realise. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. Good
1: point, good point. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it it was a cheeky question. Um, To be fair, there was a couple of other things in there that I thought were like semi-related, basically. Um, you know, someone asked about the um cooldown on locking targets, um, you know, the enemy spotted stuff and how you can only do one and then it cools down. Yeah, Paul said, Yeah, actually that makes sense, you know, that um a uh, a scouting mech can really only indicate the position of one of the mechs that it sees, uh, because of that cooldown and yeah, and Russell's like, Yeah, we'll we'll take a look at that. So, you know, I, I think there are quite a few of those things that um you know that they the would want to pull the trigger on maybe or um that they'd like to do, but it's just a case of where does it sit on the priority list and getting around to it um escort, I think was a missed opportunity that when the turn when the time came around to make the decision, they decided to keep it uh so yeah, I think it maybe would be a good idea for stuff like putting escort on the shelf for now uh, might be um yeah a good nod to the community to say. We've listened.
0: I mean, another another thing that I could say about that is that if stuff comes out, and this is again repeating myself, but if something comes out and it's obviously broken, you know, you need to get in there with some proactive like hot fixes, not patches. Next month, like you know, get in there with some hot fixes to to sort that stuff out. Or like like we've discussed, like yeah, you might just need to remove it and put it back in when it's had a little bit more time in the oven and is ready to go again. Yeah, and
1: obviously time and stuff is going to be involved in that. So it's probably you know the the toss up and just to, to defend PGI in this regard is that you know they'll have a big massive list of priority. Um, they'll have certain release trains and you know the amount of resource that they can commit to something. Um, you know, removing escort, for example, might uh, take a certain amount of uh, resource to achieve. Um, or launching something else might take a certain a certain amount of resource to achieve there's also then the resource that's needed for those hotfixes and that that stuff post it being launched. But it's almost like they've ticked that off the priority list and moved on to the next one. If they were doing all that hotfix stuff, it would mean that getting to the next thing would take longer. And that's kind of the toss-up, really, is to say um, it almost slows the speed for which they can change. And yes, they may make, take more time uh, to make sure that something that's implemented ticks all the boxes, but would we be cool with that if it meant the overall pace of change is not as fast?
0: Yeah, potentially there's um a lot of truth to that. I, I, personally, I think in the case of Escort, at least. Um, Kill it. It was probably. <laughs> gone. pull what it. it? Yeah. Personally, I just think. <laughs> yeah, you're fine <laughs> No, no, what I was going to say is that it probably just comes down to that. You know, I mentioned the sunk cost fallacy before. Um, with regards to people who are investing into their mech labs. I mean, I think that that's probably what it comes down to here that the developers have put, you know, hundreds of hours or more into that feature and then it doesn't land. And they're like, well, we really worked really hard on it. You know, we got to, we can't just throw it away. Yeah. I mean, it's, we'll get back to it. We'll work on it later. We'll just leave it there for now. That's that's my read of it. And that is an ig- ignorant opinion. I, yeah, I mean I think it's fair, bro. I mean it's easy to um not,
1: you know, pull the trigger because you've got that investment there. But that uh, yeah, that's where the skill comes in, I guess, for keeping things balanced or keeping things fresh, keeping those um loops there is that sometimes you Yeah, sometimes you have gotta know when to pull the trigger. You know, that's that's the hard thing about it. Is uh, and you'll know it from from in design, um and in your work, sometimes in ideas just you just gotta put it to sleep. Yeah, definitely.
0: I put a lot of hours into things that I didn't uh, didn't like. <laughs> There's no doubt about it, I just persevered and persevered, persevered. And sometimes you do end up with a product that is, is good in the end, uh, with, through the hardship. And sometimes you get escort.
1: Yeah, it's, I think, you know, it, it's not necessarily wasted time to just put it on cooldown for now, uh, until you do, uh, can come back
0: and fix it. So we're a fair way into the podcast now, and people are probably wondering by now, like, Okay, so when are you guys going to talk about Macquarie World Championships? Well, we're planning on interviewing one of the people who was on the stage and bringing that to you very, very soon. So for, for, I think for a lot of that, we'll hold up our sleeves for now and um, do a bit more of an in-depth look at, um, you know, an interview style look at how that ga- those games went down. Um, but, but for yourself, did you, did you catch many of the games? All but the
1: first one, um, all but the first uh, JGX versus um, EMP, but it was fantastic. I mean, obviously we'll go uh, a little bit more into depth, and it'll be great to to talk to to one of the players that was participating. But um, man, I know Stock Mode got some grief, but the games were great. I mean, um, the players were amazing, the teams were amazing, um, the strats were amazing. Bandit and MDM did a fantastic job. Um, casting Yeah I, I thought it was really really good I mean Would have been nice to see A um, Greater variety of maps uh, But Like I totally understand The idea that You Probably want to master The strats For a couple of maps So that you can spend more time Mastering those um, Those strats And if you can map Ben That probably means That you're just going to ch- ch- Cross off two And then focus on the others
0: Bro I think you're looking at You know it's from 2017 When we, <laughs> When every map was Canyon Because in this, in this one, we saw pretty much every map out of the five. I mean, we've only got the five. I think the only one we didn't see was Polar Island. We had Grim a few times, Canyon a couple of times. I think we only saw Caustic once. We had Rubellite once or twice, depending on your point yeah, of view. Yeah, yeah, once rejected. Yeah. <laughs> was there one more mining? We're missing one. Oh, mining. We never saw mining, which is which is really interesting actually, because that's the, usually the go-to for you know, apart from Canyon, the one that people go, went to in the past.
1: I thought the culmination of the tournament was fantastic. You know, Eon taking the victory. I think a lot of people were supporting Eon, and they they were certainly a juggernaut. Um, but I guess the, the the best thing about it was to see such a fantastic finish to a tournament structure that was much maligned, to a format that was pr- probably pretty tricky for. Those fantastic players certainly tricky for us, kind of um, comp players that are uh, kind of at the other end of the scale. Um, but man, the games were fantastic, and those guys really, you know, just just played to a level that was fantastic to watch.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean I would say that this year's uh, World Championships was probably the most competitive one that I've watched. Like in terms of all three teams you know, had it in them to win the games that they were playing. And there was a lot of very close games mm. throughout the whole tournament, throughout the throughout the two days that could have just easily gone either way yeah. with with a little change here and there. Lots of very winnable scenarios. And I, th- I did think, like, to tag on to what you were saying, it was really interesting to hear from some of the players saying, mm. you know, actually, I kind of liked it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there was some, you know, negatives and, and there was some part, aspects to it that they didn't like, but you know, I think that they they liked some of the same things that we as spectators liked. And I think as spectators, we've spoken about this in our interview with MDM and Bandit, but the, the slow pace is great for watching. And that it's the fact that, it, it, you know, it, in, in previous years, you'd see you know someone come around and corner, a bang dead from Fresh because they, someone got a really good shot on them with a lot of damage. And this, quite unlikely to happen.
1: I, I think the, the most telling comment uh, for me came from, I think it was from Dered from E.ON. That he talked about the stock mode meant that it was more about having to react on the fly, that it was more in-game decisions that were required, um, as opposed to the amount of planning, strategizing that happened in previous tournaments. So, yeah, you know, that I thought that that was really evident. You know that the um, the role of strategy and the role of being able to implement strategy was. Just accentuated so much in these uh, world champs, and again, you know, we we got to see Eon, um, who lived up to their name sakes. The synergy that they showed um, as a team, you know, saw them, you know, get through to the final dance and be triumphant. So, and that made for awesome viewing.
0: Yeah, really, really well deserved. I mean, they were dominant Eon in the games that that they played. They they took it, you know, they made it look easy, really. And it's a great story as well to have them come through two previous championships and have it sort of, the win wrested from their hands and then to finally, you know, succeed. This year is is great, it's great to see. Congratulations to all the teams involved. E.ON, very well done. Like I said, dominant throughout and very well deserved for the first place win. EMP were a great second place in JGX, I think, made a really, really great, you know, new power and a new challenger in the game and really showed that they were there to win as well. And perhaps with a little experience, they, you know, can achieve the same sort of results. Yeah, they were
1: the darlings. Uh, You know, obviously they were who I was rooting for personally, obviously, and and, um, certainly hoping that they were going to make it through. But it was just fantastic to see them there and look forward to talking about it a little bit more on the next episode.
0: And just to wrap things up, I was I wanted to ask, like, what were your favourite things and least? Let's do least favourite as well from Metcon this year.
1: Ooh, least favourite. Um, small couch in
0: the Twitch box. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen that couch somewhere before.
1: Yeah, I think if you're going to get fifteen people in a room, you probably need more than a two seater. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that, I, did, I found that a little bit weird. I would also say more than one microphone. Um, so if uh, yeah, you are going to interview people. <laughs> I would say, uh, get more than one microphone out there. Um that was yeah, that was a little bit weird. It you know, looked like a whole lot of kids at assembly. Um, you know, you had people, people standing <laughs> and some sitting and then some crouched in the front row. So yeah, that was quite um maybe for next year, I think maybe a, you know, a bit better set up there, uh, so that they can get those interviews done. But yeah, I mean, Phil handled it like a pro. He he did he did pretty well in all of that, um in all of those situations. So yeah, good on him for that. Favorite. Um Now, I won't say the world champs themselves, even though I've just gone on about how amazing they were. You know, my favourite was seeing the streamers and the VIPs. You know, it was awesome to hear them talk, to see, you know, for a lot of them, obviously, we see their faces, but um, often you just see their faces and their shoulders. So it was um, awesome to see them there. You know, people that we'd talk to, like Fiora and uh, MDM and and Bandit, of course, but all those other uh, streamers, to see them interacting, uh, not only with Phil, but with each other mm. um, And yeah of course They they, they even jumped on um, chat And took over the Piranha Games account And um, spoke from there as well So uh, again I think PGI are getting better And better uh, at the VIP process And about getting those Kind of vital content creators along um, So it was awesome to see them there And yeah I hope um, that that is something that grows I hope that's something that they can continue to do And bring more and more in um, but yeah, v- very much uh, enjoyed seeing I mean, i got to give a shout out to Unfaced Looking absolutely stunning To everyone else is in cosplay And he turns up looking like he's just come from a job interview <laughs> with Microsoft He is, <laughs> man, he was se- he setting the bar high So yeah, no, he was. Um, it was good to see all those guys there And, and um, yeah, as I said, hope to see uh, more of that again next year How about you, dude? What's, um, what about uh, your favourite and uh, your least favourite moments?
0: Well... I mean, I think for my least favorite, I've got to go for the uh, PGI presentation from Macquarie Online. Like, just because... I mean, I know we've spoken about it, and there's there's good reasons, I'm sure, but, I mean, I'd set my expectations so high for what was going to be there, and it wasn't there. And then the, what was there was just such a shambles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I've got to be honest. I've got to be honest. Uh, and let's quickly move on to what I liked the most. I think that... I mean, it's hard to pick something because I think that Metcon this year was quite finessed compared to what we've seen before. I think it was really well handled throughout. I mean, we had technical difficulties and there was some hiccups and there was some speed bumps and stuff along the way, but we had a timeline. It was pretty much stuck to, you know, the content that was there was really good. You know, I I really, I think Mm. Phil did an excellent job of just getting Mm. around and talking to all these people and bringing them in, doing this. Like sort of feedback sessions in that room that you hated. I think that you your favourite things and your least favourite things were actually the same thing in the end. They were, yeah. And that's <laughs> why it was my
1: that's why it was my least favourite because they were jamming my favourite thing all in together to sit on each other's
0: lap. So yeah, four four seater couch next time. Come on, <laughs> Maybe even more than four. <laughs> Some sort of tiered seating arrangement, bleachers. <laughs> yeah, grandstand. Yeah. With with a boom, mate. I mean i th- yeah. I mean we've interviewed or and you've interviewed some of those people in particular um and and they were great, so it, i mean there's a whole i mean that just makes me think there's a whole bunch more people there that I'd like to talk yeah. to and i seeing seeing all those people were great, maybe my favorite thing though. Was seeing the competitive teams in the flesh. I mean, you know, seeing people that I've seen in game and or, or even have spoken to a lot in Discord and things, just seeing them in the flesh and seeing them play and uh, succeed or or fall. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and
1: Ash was probably you know he he echoed those sentiments and, and talked about how good it was for him being there. Uh, to meet those people that he had um, often competed against and spoke with and those kind of things. So, yeah, I enjoyed that aspect too. But, you know, overall, I I do, I think they did a great job. I know, um, you know, some people will take away um, the lack of content and that will kind of be the defining factor for them uh, around this year's Metcon. But, oh man, just watching it, it just made me want to be there. And, you know, I think that's the best sign of that. They've done a good job. You know everyone on everyone in chat or anyone that's got criticisms and watched it. Ask yourself that: Would you want to be there next year? And I think overwhelmingly people would say yes, and I think that's a sure sign that they uh, that they got something right. There seemed to be a buzz there, uh, and as I said, I you know we've talked about Phil and Darren playing the lead role and making that happen. You know they helped bring the community back into it. I think um, and having those streamers there and and getting the positive energy and and the love uh for the community there, I thought was was a winner. So. I'm looking forward to next year, and, and um, yeah,
0: congratulations, BJ on, on a pretty cool event. Uh, yeah, I can, I, can, I can agree with what you said there. I mean, and, and I think that Ash is a great example, because, you know, he can be kind of a salty kind of guy, a salty fucker. <laughs> he's, You know, I think behind all that, he's a really, really, you know, fun and friendly and nice guy, and he was having a great time there you know he's got he's got issues with pgi in the game and, and all these things that he wants to happen but and his team came second but despite all that he was clearly having an awesome time there and i mean i think if any of us were there we'd, we would have been having an awesome time too that's what i take from that
1: yeah absolutely couldn't agree more
0: well that about wraps it up for our coverage of mecon 2018 and uh we look forward to covering mecon 2019 maybe we'll be there oh i'd love yeah. to be there <laughs> All right, Mick fans, catch you on the next episode.
1: If you did enjoy this content, then please consider supporting us. You can do this in a multitude of ways, including subscribing to our podcast on your favourite podcast platform and leaving reviews, as well as subscribing to us on YouTube and liking our videos. You can also support us by sending us feedback either through comments, tweets or directly through email. Tweet and follow us on Twitter at incomingp or email us directly at incomingmissilepodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us directly by becoming a patron or sponsor you can find us on patreon at incoming missile podcast and choose one of three tiers of support patrons not only get mentioned on the podcast and get access to exclusive content but can even join us as a guest host on the podcast you can also opt to sponsor an episode through one-off donations all of which will be used as giveaways for our listeners so if you had a product service or content that you'd like us to mention contact us to discuss sponsoring an episode We hope you enjoyed this episode. We look forward to hearing from you. We appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Shutdown sequence initiated.